Standing for the reading of the word this morning, Luke chapter 5. I'm going to finish a series I started several weeks ago called Increasing Spiritual Capacity. And today I'm going to talk about increasing spiritual capacity through relationships, partnerships. How many know God cares about your relationship life? Come on, people of God, say amen. God cares about your relationship life. Who are you running with? Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. How many know it matters who you're connected to in this season? Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 5, verse number 1. So it was when the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. The fishermen had gone out from them. They were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. And when he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Launch out, I'm going to read that again. Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Say nets. Simon answered him and said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners. Somebody say partners. In the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Depart from me. For I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who are with him, say all who are with him. Come on, talk to me. Y'all getting quiet today. Say all who are with him. Yeah, come on, wake up. Here we go. All who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners, 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 partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed Jesus. Lord, help me to preach today from this text. I pray you will expand the spiritual capacity of your sons and daughters. The people of God would move from glory to glory by the Holy Spirit. May the word of God today be the vehicle by which you transport us from the place we've been living to the very life you want us to live. I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Jesus to rest on us today. I pray you blow everybody in the room's mind. I pray this year you'll blow their mind. I pray you do such amazing things that they do not have any choice but to say, surely this is the Son of God. Lord, you are the Christ. There is no one, there is no one else who can do what you do. You are one of a kind. You sit alone, stand alone. There is no one beside you. And today we pray the power of your Spirit would move in this building today. Break every chain, every stronghold. Loose the captives and set people free. We thank you today, God, for moving us from glory to glory. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. You can be seated in the presence of God. For the last several weeks, we talked about increasing spiritual capacity. The first week, we talked about letting Jesus in our boat. Last week, we talked about honoring the word of the Lord in our life, a, a higher level of honor. When, when they had caught nothing, the Bible says that Jesus told Peter, launch out into the deep and Peter said Lord we did that we've we done this fishing thing and we caught nothing all night long we toiled and caught nothing nevertheless at thy word I would let down the net there was an honor for the word of God 
Didn't make any sense to Peter, but when Peter heard the voice of the Lord, he knew he had to obey God. How many want 2023 to be a year in which you and I honor the word of the Lord? This is a year to obey. Touch your neighbor, tell him, obey the voice of God. You got to heed the voice of God. And we talked about that last week because if you want to walk in all that God has for you, you got to treasure the word and treat the word of God and steward the word of God well. Today I want to move beyond those two thoughts and I want to focus this morning on the Lord expanding your capacity through the people you are connected to. Now I tell you right now, there's nothing I think more important in the, in the kingdom of God in this hour than to know who it is God is wanting to connect you to and to eat, I think perhaps even more clearly too as well, to know who God is not connecting you to. How many know that relationships matter in the kingdom of God? Who you're connect? I, I said, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I could also say, show me your partners and I can show you your capacity. Because if you're going to walk in increased spiritual capacity, you can't run with chickens and soar with eagles at the same time. You've got to make up your mind what kind of life you want to live, what kind of marriage you want to have, what kind of business you want to run, what kind of children you want to raise. And if all of the influences in our life are negative, constantly negative, constantly gossiping, constantly critical, constantly we can't, you can't, the earth is going to hell in a handbag. If that's all you hang out with, no wonder you don't have the ability to increase spiritual capacity. The Bible is very clear that if you want to be sharp, you've got to hang around. Iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. And you need people in your life that don't just think you're Superman, Superwoman. You need people in your life that will challenge your faith, stretch. Come on, talk to me this morning, church. Stretch your spiritual capacity. You need some people walking in a level you're not quite walking in in your life. Why? Because, number one, it'll keep you from being jealous. Too many people hang around with people less than so that they continually to feel personally bigger than everybody else in the room. Sometimes I like to get in rooms with people that are doing crazy, big, silly, awesome, amazing things for God. And it makes me say, God, if they can do that for your glory, you can do something in my life. You've got to get around some people that will stretch your capacity and make you believe. If you need healing in your body, don't run around with a bunch of people who believe that God is a cessationist and doesn't heal anymore. Get yourself some of them old church mothers and church fathers that still believe in the wonder-working power of the blood of the Lamb. Come on, church. You need to surround yourself with people who have the ability to expand your spiritual capacity. In this text before us today, before we come to the conclusion of this series, I want to talk to you uh, from this text about what Jesus is wanting to do in the life of those who are in the lives of those who are following him. Now, I read this text that Jesus wants. Uh, uh, if you read this carefully, you will begin to see that Jesus wants Peter, James, and John, and everyone connected to them, to see and experience the increase that he has for those who are following him. As we will see from this text today, Jesus has something more in store than just a typical catch of fish. We are told in the text that they fished all night and caught nothing. What Peter says is nevertheless at thy word, as I told you earlier, I will let down my net. Now, I will, I will be the first to tell you that you can read different translations and some of them say net and some of them say nets. 
The reality of it is old manuscripts differ in um, whether it was singular or plural. How many have a New King James Bible? Lift your hand. Come on. New King James Bible. Okay. If you have a New King James Bible, it does say this. It says, Jesus told Peter, don't miss this. If you could put that scripture up on the screen, chat, just a second. I want them to see it. Jesus told Peter, let down your nets. And Peter let down his net. Do y'all see that? Peter let down his net. What's the difference? You cannot enter a season of blessing with a net mentality if God is preparing you for a net harvest. Some people go into a, a season of blessing and they don't have the spiritual capacity to handle what is on the way. Too many people in the church take one net into a season where God told them bring nets because what I'm getting ready to do in your life will not fit in the container that you are alone. Oh Lord, I'm about to teach right here. Because some people think that God is interested in blessing their net but what a lousy kingdom way of thinking. God would never want to just bless your life in a way that it just blesses you when it is more blessed to give to than, to, than it is to receive how much more it no it would make sense if God increased what he's going to do in your life because he intends for you not just to be a receiver but a coupling through which the blessing can flow into other people's life I believe in this season that we're living in God is raising up a revelation of the kingdom how many have ever heard the phrase kingdom minded people Come on, lift your hand if you ever heard that phrase. Kingdom, what does it mean to be kingdom-minded? It means you stop living for your blessing and you start living to be a recipient of what you share with the world. Oh, God, help me today. And there are too many people who bring a net into a nets season. You don't need one net on this next fishing trip. You need nets. If you take one net with you into a season where God said you need nets, then your blessing could actually become a problem. How many of us have ever seen people who walked in such blessing that, the, that they didn't have the spiritual capacity to receive it and the blessing that God had intended almost sunk their boat? Have you ever thought about that story? How is it that this is making sense to anyone? God said, I'm going to bless you. Go catch some fish. Peter goes fishing and he almost sinks. And you would say, sinking is not good. And I would agree. But then would you criticize God for making the blessing available? No, it's not God who blessed him with increase. It's the diminished thinking of Peter who only took one net into a blessing where God told him to take more than one net. You're going to need an increased spiritual capacity for what God is about to do in your life. Well, I've never seen it like that before. That's why I'm telling you in the first month of this year, it's not an old season you've been through. It's a new season you've never experienced. And you, I'll touch your neighbor, tell them it's time to stretch. It's time to stretch. And if you don't want to stretch, God puts you beside the right person on this Sunday because somebody sitting near you is refusing to believe 2023 is going to look like 2020 or 2021 or even 2022. I dare somebody to praise God for what's on the way like you believe you are next. Hallelujah. Well, I ain't never seen it like that before. I don't care what you've seen and what you hadn't seen. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it. I feel the preacher getting on me here. Some of you are about to get your mind blown, not by 
church, not by religion, but by a move of the Holy Ghost that is going to snatch you out of defeat and put your feet in a place of victory. Somebody say amen. You cannot take a net into a season that demands nets. We need to listen clearly to what the Lord is saying. In this season, it seems that Peter thought he understood what the Lord wanted to do. But the Lord actually intended to give Peter exceedingly abundantly above all he could ask or think. And Jesus knew Peter would need all of the spiritual capacity available and all of the room and all of the space that every net in Peter's life could come up with and produce. I want to prophetically declare, oh, you say, Pastor, what does that mean? It means I'm prophesying. Well, I ain't never heard nobody prophesy. Welcome to Redemption to the Nation's Church. I want to prophesy over your life over every area of your life that God is about to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think according to the power of God that is at work on the inside of you. Well, I thought we would just come into a cute little church. This is not just a cute little church. This is a kingdom center that is, that is attempting to declare what God is saying in this season so that a tribe of people can affect a generation and begin to demonstrate a level of kingdom life that brings hope to hopeless people, wholeness to the broken, healing to the bound and the sick. How many know that God is not wasting time in our day? It means that God is going to do, how many have been praying for something, anything? Lift your hand if you've been praying for anything at all. Can I tell you what the Bible says? That that God that you're praying to hears you when you pray. And not only is he doing and handling what you're talking to him about, he's doing exceeding abundantly above. Well, that just sounds so good to be true. It's the Bible. The Bible actually says unto him. Who is able? Oh, Lord have mercy. Is he going to do it? I don't know, but I know one thing. He's able. Talk to me, Shadrach. Come on in here, Meshach and Abednego. The Bible said that they didn't fall down and worship the God of this world. They stood there and they testified in the face of the flames of the furnace. When, when they knew they were going to die, when they knew they were going to be thrown into the fire, they looked at King Nebuchadnezzar and they said to him, Oh, King, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. I know you've got the power to throw us in the fire, but we will not bow and we will not bend for our God is able to deliver us from the fire but be it known that I feel a little preach getting in this church today be it known unto you that if he doesn't deliver us we will not bow and we will not worship your golden idol and some of you need to stop the devil's mouth by telling the devil my God is able he's able to save every one of my kids he's able to heal every tumor in my body he's able to drive the depression out of my mind but if he doesn't do it today I want the devil to know I'll be back next Sunday and I'll be lifting my hands and saying bless the Lord oh my soul and all that is within me because I will not praise him just when I get what I want I will praise him because of who he is I wish somebody over there would praise him and somebody right there would and over there some, let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord I dare somebody to shout he's able 
is able to do some stuff in this next season of your life. And it's beyond what you thought he could do. It's even beyond what you asked him to do. And whatever you do, don't carry a net into a net's season. I also want you to understand that in this text, Peter was given the ability to be blessed contingent, don't miss this one, contingent upon his ability to partner and network with people. Lord have mercy. Peter, I want you to launch out into the deep and let down your nets. And Peter said, we toyed all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, I, read the text, I will launch out into the deep and I will let down my net. Now hang on. This is not merely an exercise of semantics. There is a distinct difference between what God told Peter to do and what Peter said he would do. Jesus said, launch out into the deep and let down your nets. Peter said, I will launch out into the deep and let down my net. Well, you're about to get yourself in a mess, sir. Because you are entering a season where divine partnerships are mandatory and you are still thinking about you, yourself, and I. And there's a reason the fish start jumping in the net and it begins to break and sink the boat. And here's what I want to submit to somebody in this room. Maybe your net isn't working because you're not properly networking. That's our next book, Rich. That's the next one. Maybe your net, let me come over here and talk to the people on the left side. Maybe your net isn't working because you're not networking. I'm going to stay over here. I like y'all. Why would God tell Peter to get nets ready? Because Jesus was already talking to the fish. If you, if God, if you will let God talk to you, God will start talking to your harvest. If you will get to where Jesus is taking you, he will get the blessing to where he told you to get to. But the problem is when you get there, if you don't have a kingdom mentality, you will go to the deep place looking for your blessing and recognize when you get there, God was not just trying to hook me up. God was trying to hook everybody connected to me up. This is why churches don't grow. I'm getting ready to make a lot of enemies, but I'm going to say it anyway. This is why churches don't grow because preachers, oh yeah, y'all know what we do. What we do in the church is we take fish out of one bowl, put them in another bowl, and we call that evangelism. When in reality, many lost people are still not coming to our church, and we are all just shuffling fish from one bowl to the next, and we call that church growth. That's not church growth. That's trying to make people happy. I want you to understand I won't 
everybody to be happy. Shake hands, hug necks, put mints in our mouth, greet everybody at the door, smile, hug, love, all from a place of genuine authenticity. But at the end of the day, I want you to understand something. God did not call us to build a kingdom. God did not call us to build a brand. God called us to go into all the world and love people enough to bring them in to the kingdom of God. And when preachers stop trying to build their churches and they start trying to build the kingdom, God will start putting more fish in the net than the church knows how to deal with. I'm going to plow right there because I feel some stumps that don't want to come up, but I'm going to hook the chain up and pull them right out of the ground. You would be amazed at how many people said crazy things like, that's all we need in Cleveland. Another church. You don't need another church in Cleveland. There are more churches than there are bathrooms in Cleveland. You don't need another church in Cleveland. We didn't come to Cleveland because we need another church. We came to keep Cleveland because the kingdom of God is expanding and lost people need to know that Jesus loves them. My God, let's quit swapping fish and calling that revival. Let's go win some lost people and get them in the boat. Oh. Peter's ability to be blessed was in his willingness to stay connected to partners and people. When I first found that this building was available, I called Richie Hughes, our executive pastor, and we were talking and we made a decision. I made a decision. This is what God was saying to do. I asked the Lord. He confirmed it. I want you to know this. I called every single pastor almost in this city and said, I want you to know we're coming. And we're not coming to fix anything. And we're not coming to address anything. In fact, what you've been doing in this city for so long is so needed. And we've come to lock arms and join hands with you. It freaked people out. First of all, that I'd call them. Secondly, that I said, it, we're not trying to grow some big, bi what we want to do is advance the kingdom. We want to be a blessing. Well, we don't need another, we know you don't need another church. But we had to come because it's where God said go. And what he told us to do was partner. Because what I want to say, here's what I've been praying ever since God opened this door for this house. My prayer has been, Lord, fill every church in Cleveland, Tennessee till it overflows. And do you know what happened to us? We overflowed. What's the point? The point is I would genuinely celebrate it. When people pull off of 25th uh, exit 25 and say, where is the church that's in revival? And the guy at the gas station say, what do you mean, which one? All of them are in revival. They're all seeing a move of God. They're all full and overflowing. Sinners are getting saved in all of them. The sick are getting, come on church. I'm telling you, this thing is not about what he wants to do just in a building. It's what he wants to do in a region and in a city. Get your mind out of a net mentality and see a whole boat full of fish flopping around for the Lord to save. Hallelujah. God wanted Peter to see 
that his ability to be blessed was in his willingness to be connected to others and network. If your net is not working, you might be not properly networking. Last thing I want you to see. In this season, you need to make sure you're connected to people who have capacity. Where are all the single people at? Come on, don't lie, you go to health line. Come on. All the single ladies, all the single ladies, all the single, where y'all at? College students, lift your hands. Over here, some, over here, some, over here. All right, let me talk to y'all. Give y'all some marriage 101 stuff. Don't marry anybody you have to pull. That's good preaching, Wallace. That's good preaching. Boy, that's good, Pastor. Don't. Okay, how many have ever heard that scripture, don't be unequally yoked? Okay, well, there was all kind of stuff we were told that meant growing up. None of it was true. It, growing up, we were told if you Baptist, don't go marry Church of God people. If you Church of God, don't go marry Methodist people. That, that is not what he's talking about. I, there was even some crazy racist people who said, white folk ought not marry black folk. See how I killed it right there? I'm trying to kill that spirit in this city. Hallelujah. Hispanic people don't need to marry white people. You need to learn Spanish. Get over yourself. Hallelujah. Gloria a Dios. Dios es bueno todo tiempo. Hallelujah. Ticking everybody off today. Don't be unequally yoked means this. How many know what a yoke is? A yoke is what they would put two ox in. They had this piece of wood and they would put an ox under the piece of wood and they would attach around its neck this yoke that would bind it to the wood and then they would get another ox and they call that a team of ox and they would bind that ox in that yoke with another piece of wood. And one of the ox is called the dumb ox. This is not my words, this is a true uh, this is what they called. They called it a dumb ox. And the dumb ox always had to follow the strong ox. When Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 says, don't be unequally yoked, he's talking about don't get in the yoke with somebody who's not running at the same pace you are. People always say, how do I know if the Lord's will is for me to marry them? Well, first of all, you got to love them. Because God ain't going to torture you by making you marry somebody you don't love. But even more important than that, before you fall in love, check out their pace. Here's how you do that. You take off running for Jesus, and if you look back and they can't keep up, keep on running. Well, you know, he was raised so different than me. He's going to come along. He is going to come along. And while you're waiting on him to catch up, you're going to have to slow down and miss a whole lot of your life in the spirit because God loves you too much, ma'am, and God loves you too much, sir, to send you on a missionary assignment in the middle of the prime of your life where you got to lay down your dreams and aspirations waiting on somebody that don't have a capacity for what God is wanting to touch your neighbor. All you, all you young ladies, Ladies and young men that are single, find another single somebody sitting near you. Slap them and say, wait on the right one. 
And while you're waiting on the right one, it's okay for you to run 100 miles an hour after Jesus. Go to prayer meetings, have a Bible study, do something to fill your life with more of God and stop waiting on Mr. Wright to drop down out of the Sunday school class because you probably, oh Lord. I'm watching light bulbs go off. I'm watching other ladies start crying. Oh God, I got to get out of this now. Young men, oh God, I got to get out of this now. Let me tell you something. If they won't pray, if they don't like getting up and going to church, if they don't have a Bible in their possession, they might look fine. She may be 26, 34, 26, and he may have a six-pack and a missile foreign arm and have arrived at whatever university he wants. But at the end of the day, it is not what you have in the natural that will sustain you when hell is coming against your house. You better have somebody that knows how to run after Jesus. Say amen. You cannot afford to run with people who don't have capacity. So here comes Peter, rowing out there, going to where Jesus had to go. He got his net, throws his net in the water. All of a sudden, oh. James and John, they're in the the boat. Read the text. They were in the boat. They throw their net out. And what happens? The boat starts sinking. Boats in that day, average boat, seven and a half feet wide by 25 feet long. In fact, this is borne out if you've ever been to Israel and you've been to the Sea of Galilee, you will know that there is a boat... uh, museum that they found, a boat there that they found from the first century during actually probably the time in the days of Jesus. It, it's exactly what I just told you. It's about seven and a half feet wide by about 23, 24 feet long. A boat that wide and that long and that deep could hold just over two tons of fish. Two tons of fish. And Peter throws out a net. You say, why do you make the point? Because Jesus said, the Bible said the boat was beginning to sink. How many know if the boat's beginning to sink, there's a lot of fish in the boat. I mean, it ain't like, you know, we, hey, look at this one, Jim. No, it's like <laughs> the boat is full of fish, and they're all starting to go under. The blessing that God wanted to give them was so substantial that they almost jeopardized their well-being by not sharing it with other people. I have watched pastors do this. Leaders of ministry start experiencing increase. It goes to their head. And instead of it being about Jesus, it starts being about their boat. Look at my boat. Don't you love my boat? My boat is so full of fish. I got a new motor on my boat. My boat is shinier. My boat is cool. My boat is hip. My boat has a smoke machine. My boat has lights. Look at my boat. Don't you love my boat? And Jesus is saying, it ain't about the boat. Y'all don't know me well enough, but I'm getting ready to hop down off this stage and walk out there and preach. We got too many people bragging on boats. And God said, it ain't about the boat. Look what I'm getting ready to put in the boat. It's about the fish. 
and the Father. It's about Jesus. And Peter is in for the blessing of his life and his blessing is, and I've watched, I have watched success destroy far more people than failure ever thought about destroying. Because they don't know when God blesses you, it's so that he can not just get it to you, it's so that he can get it through you. So they start sinking. Oh, help. Help. And the Bible said, read the text. The Bible said they hollered to their partners. Come over here. Help us. It was so much that not only did it fill Peter's boat, it filled the boat of everybody connected to him. If you will let God bless you so that you can be a blessing, God will increase your life and allow you not just to live blessed, but to be a blessing. Get over here. We're sinking. Come and help us. And they come over, the Bible says, and they start putting fish in their boat. And guess what happens to their boat? Both boats got filled. And both boats, I am in verse number 7 and 8, and both boats got so filled that they both began to sink. What would 2023 be like if it was the kind of year, when we get to December of this year, if the Lord tarries in his coming and he allows us all to be alive, what would it be like at the end of this year if we get into the end of this year and come November, December, we're talking about, you know what, 2023, it got so crazy, we almost sank under the goodness of God. The blessing of the Lord got so rich and real in my house. I'm telling you, how many know that when God starts blessing you, it'll, the weight of it will get on your life. You don't even have to tell people you're blessed. When the blessing of God gets on your life, you can walk into the room and they know that there's something heavy sitting on your life. Touch somebody, tell them, get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Let, let me help you understand something. If you don't want what I'm talking about, you will not participate in what I'm talking about. If you don't believe it can happen, you will watch it happen, but it cannot happen for you. But for the people who say, God, if this is the year you're launching me out into the deep, I say yes to your word. I don't have to understand it. It doesn't have to make sense to me. It doesn't, I don't have to shake it down and make it jive in my rationale. I just want to be where you want me to be and do what you want me to do and walk in what you have purposed for my life to walk in. It's one thing if the enemy tries to steal it. And how many know that the devil cannot steal it? And if he does, God will make him put it back. It's another thing if God didn't want to do it. But it's an entirely different problem if the devil can't stop it and God said do it, but you and I don't cooperate with the will of God. This is not the year for you to be Become the lid of your own life. Rip the lid off and say, God, if you're launching me, I'm saying yes to your will. And he, and I'm done with this. And he gets out there. He gets out there in the deep and he throws down the net and they got all these fish coming in the boat and everybody's, everybody's talking about, oh my goodness, look at what the Lord has done. And, and Peter sees Jesus standing there in the boat. And Peter's standing and fish are all around him. Two tons of fish 
all around him. And Peter falls down on his knees and says, I'm a sinful man, oh Lord. It wasn't judgment that made Peter break. It wasn't the harsh anger of God, the judgment of God, that made Peter repent. It was the goodness of God. Yeah. Hear me. Some of y'all got to quit praying judgment on people you want to get saved. That's why they don't want to come back to Thanksgiving at your house no more. Because last Thanksgiving, they came for some turkey and you stood up on the table and started prophesying. You're going to hell. You're not just going to hell. You're going to bust it wide open. You're like, I ain't coming back to that next year. I'm going to, I'm going to Cracker Barrel. Come on, somebody. You will never judge somebody into repentance. It is this same man, Peter, who would say later in his epistle, it is the goodness of God that, come on in here and read the Bible, that leads a man to repentance. We've got to get away from this whole God is out to judge. There will come a day of judgment, but we ought to be thankful we're not there yet. The Bible said in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And we stop there. But the next scripture is entirely as important as John 3, 16, verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. What is the point? The point is Jesus didn't come to condemn you and throw you into hell for all the mistakes you made. Jesus came to rescue you, to forgive you, to cleanse you, and to free you from the power of sin so that you can have eternal life. Say amen, church. Peter falls down and says, I'm a sinful man, O Lord. And Jesus looks at Peter, and this is what I never saw in this text. I've preached this text for years, and I never saw this part. The Bible says Jesus looked at Peter. They're all freaking out. First of all, all their minds are blown, astonished. The Bible says astonished. It's the New King James word for it blew our minds. They're standing in a boat full of fish flopping around. And everybody's like, what just happened? This is unbelievable. We just, we just, we're going on Lifetime Television Channel next week for the great catch. Nobody's ever done this before. And Jesus says, don't let this blow your mind. From this day forward, you're going to catch men. And it hit me. The entire thing was a setup to stretch Peter's spiritual capacity for a day that would come a few years later in Acts chapter 2. I'm getting ready to go to my car, but I'm going to preach before I go to my car. Can you imagine standing there when a group of men stumble out of the upper room? They are speaking in unknown tongues. The power of God is all over the place. People look at them and say they're drunk. Look at them. They're stumbling around and they look like they've lost their mind and they got smiles on their face and they're laughing and they got joy and they're talking in tongues and they look drunk and it was this man Peter who had been in the deep end with Jesus who had seen fish jump in the boat and everybody's got their opinion about what's happening in Acts chapter 2. And Peter said, oh no, I know what to 
to do. It's time to go fishing. These men are not drunk as ye suppose, being it but the third hour of the day, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the last day I would pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters would prophesy, and old men would dream dreams, and young men would see visions, and upon my servants and handmaidens I'll pour out my spirit. In that day, what did Peter do? He got a net standing there by the upper room and threw it in the and threw it in the sea of humanity. And he said, This promise is for you and your children and your children's children, and as many as their Lord our God shall call. And what Peter's made the connection of, it was never about the fish getting in the boat. It was about Jesus expanding his capacity so that when he stood up to preach on the day of Pentecost, he didn't say, well, maybe one will give their life to the Lord. Oh, no. One sermon and 3,000 people jumped out of hell and jumped in the boat of the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, it's never about the money. It's never about the promotion. It's never about the bigger house. It's always about God stretching your capacity for the kingdom of God. What if God blew your mind with a blessing this year like you've never seen before? Like you just went into work one day and you were working at a cubicle and so suddenly they gave you a corner office with a title on your door and a substantial raise. Somebody in this room said, well, that will never happen. It won't for you probably, but it will for somebody who knows I'm talking to them. What will it do? Is that the destination? More money, bigger house, bigger, bigger whatever, more of this, more of that. Is that what it's about? It's not supposed to be. That blessing is about stretching you and helping your feeble mind and my feeble mind to see that God can do anything. And when he blesses you like that, it is intended to stretch you. So that when you walk through the mall, or you're at a ball game, or you're in a classroom, or you're at school, or you're at work, and you see lost humanity trying to find their way, you tap into a kingdom way of thinking and know that if God blessed my life in that kind of way, he expanded me to believe that every person under the influence of my life can be born again, saved a part of, a ki of the kingdom of God. There is, stand with me, I'm through preaching. There is nobody you know Jesus doesn't have a plan for. It's time to go fishing. Something happy, Jules. That's um, not what I'm feeling right there. Happy Disney, anointed Disney. That's what I call it. Thank you. Um, this is the season for you to make sure you're aligned with partners who have nets that can help you expand your spiritual capacity. Don't get unequally yoked. When God begins to bless you, call for the partners to come and be a part. Listen to me very carefully. And I want to say this to you. Some people in this room, and all of us should have, how many agree with this? Whether you agree or not, I believe it's biblical because the Bible said Jesus was a friend of sinners. Amen? How many know Jesus was a friend of sinners? All of us should have friends that are not born again. Otherwise, how will they come into the kingdom of God? So we should all have friends that are lost. But there's a difference between friendship and fellowship. 
According to 1 John chapter 4, I believe verse 5 and 6, it talks about he invites the people to have fellowship with them and the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You can have friendship with lost people, but fellowship is reserved for people who can come together and be one with you in the presence of Jesus. And I want you to be real careful in 2023 that you don't try to find yourself having fellowship with people that you ought to be having friendship with. What does that mean? That means you should be very careful about how much time you spend sitting with people who don't believe in Christ. And, and it's not so much about how much time you spend, but what do you allow them to say into your life? What are they speaking into your life? Is it always pulling you down and backwards? And is it always trying to remind you of who you used to be? Or do you have those people in your life who are going where God's taking you and have the spiritual capacity to help you get there? How many want those kind of people in your life? That's what I want to pray for right now. I want to pray for people in this room who would say, I'm thankful for the partners in life that I have. The, friend, the friends are great, but I, I, want, I want in this year God to align me with partnership and fellowship with people who can help me become what God is calling me to be. The father he's calling you to be. The mother, the wife, the son, the daughter that he's calling us to be. And I'm going to tell you, relationships are vitally important to your future. No one was ever created to be successful alone. Well, I, all I need is Jesus. That is not true. He's the most important thing you need, but ask the woman who had a bill to pay and didn't have the money to pay it, and the creditors were coming to get her children. Do you know how she got the bill paid off? The oil started flowing. But do you know how she kept the oil and sold it so that in the future she had the money to pay the bills off? The Bible said her neighbors brought her vessels. You need your neighbor. Not me, bless God. Well, go ahead and tick them off. And when they take their vessel with them and you don't have it anymore, don't blame God. You were just not nice. How many want to have the people in your life you need for God to do what he wants you to do in your life? Lift your hands. I want to pray for you right now. Lord, in 2023, align relationships. There are people under the sound of my voice who need some people to be removed from their life and others who need people to be added to. Do it now. I just want you to put that in the atmosphere. Lift your voice right now, and as I'm praying, I want you to ask God to do it. Just say, just, just come into agreement with it if you, if you can, if that's how you feel. Lord, just align people. Open, open up relationships that we don't currently have. If there's something that's hindering us, Close those things off. Do it kindly, Lord. Help us to do it with great grace. We don't want to be, we don't want to be that, that kind of person. We're not trying to cause a scene. We just, we just want to have a boat full of fish. We want the fish in the kingdom. We want our lives to matter. We want people, we want people to be connected to us. Lord, for single people who are trying to find their spouse, some person in this room today, Lord, the, the most spiritual thing they can do is probably just just in something that they know is not where you're taking them. And I just pray you'll give them peace for that, great grace for that. I know that's tough, God, but you're going to give them wisdom. And somebody else, Lord, they fill in the nudge on, on that relationship thing. They know they're with the right one, and, and they've been dragging their feet. Lord, help them pick up the pace. Let's, let's just let this be a year of alignment in the name of the Lord. Now, if you're in this room and you need Christ to save you and come into your heart, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. 
If you're in this room and you would say today, Pastor Kevin, pray for me. I need to get right with God. Pastor Chris, Pastor Crystal, the entire team are coming up in just a moment. If there's a person, one, ten, a hundred in this room who would say, Pastor Kevin, I need to get my life right with God. When I say three, lift your hand. One, two, three. Lift your hand. If you know you need to get right with God, thank you for that hand. God bless you. Anyone else, thank you for that hand. I see it back there. God bless you. You can put your hands down. Every Sunday, this is how we'll do it. I want you to look at the person on your right and left. You may have known them your whole life, or you may have never met them before today, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to ask both neighbors on your left and right, do you need someone to go to the altar and pray with you today? Because if you do, I'll go with you. I want you to ask your neighbor that right now. Just, just lean over and say, do you need someone to go with you? I'll go with you. If you lifted your hand, or you should have, and the Spirit of God is touching your heart right now, and you want to get right with God, I want you to come out of your seat. I'm going to meet you right here, and we're going to pray. Thank you for coming. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Anyone else? No embarrassment, no shame. There's no shame. There's no judgment, no embarrassment. This is a house of love. Anyone else who wants to give their life to Christ, just come. Thank you for coming, pal. Come on, they're coming. I think we ought to do what angels do and rejoice. God bless you for coming. Everyone else, would you stretch your hands this way and would you begin to pray? I want Pastor Chris to come and help me, but I want you to begin to pray for them like you wish somebody would pray for you the day you gave your life to Christ. Come on, let's pray for these families and these lives today. May the Lord bless them as they cry out to the Lord today.